Hello, I'm Paul. I'm Adam. And I'm Ben. And welcome to Film Busters. We did it. Very did. high pitched. Very good. You were very high pitched. You were surprised that we were introducing Film Busters. I forgot for a second we were doing a podcast. I was, like, oh, I was just chatting. Podcast? No. Podcast? Ooh. <laughs> Film Busters. Right, guys, today we are talking about They Live, the John Carpenter film. This was my selection. Very excited to talk about it. Um, but I guess first, we should just go straight into the quiz, which we do every time. Staple of every episode. Ben, do you want to take it away? So we do a quiz for those who don't know. What happens is I ask these boys two questions. If they get the questions right, they get the point. If they get it wrong, I get the point. Currently, things are very tight at the moment, with Adam leading the pack with nine points. Paul coming up behind in second place with eight points and me at the the very back with six points. So there's a three-point difference. And now, before I say anything, boys, you've got Mm -hmm. a decision to make. Okay. Decision. And I won't have any shouts afterwards of, oh, it was because you're trailing. You can have two or three questions today. How many would you like? Oh, shit. Adam's always wanted three questions. He has. Paul, do you want two or three? I've won a whole podcast of just quiz. (laughs) (laughs) Give him his three questions, go on. All right, we're going to do three. And the reason I had to check with you is because if I get them all the points, it means I'll be joint first. But I just had to clarify that so there was no... I could really blow my lead here. I've got everything to lose. I should have (sighs) been You could, my son. (laughs) You have everything to lose, yeah. You shouldn't have said yes. Oh, yes. Now then, are you ready? I got too excited. Which 90s video game action hero stole the line, it's time to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum? Oh, shit. Um, Duke Nukem? Oh, ooh. did I get it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you were surprised too. I was. I was just thinking, what's the kind of character that would say that? That's Beautiful. exactly right. Lovely. And that's where I first heard it. Before I saw this film, That was I heard it there. And I thought, oh, it's a Duke Nukem line. Oh, sweet. Later did I find they it say it in so many films. It's such a great line. Yes, yes. Okay, joint first. Yeah, carry on. Wow, Adam. <laughs> you ready? This, yeah. will, this will be a test of how attentive you two are. Okay. In the very final scene of the movie, as a woman makes love to one of the demonic entities, what message is framed and hung over the bed? Ooh. Marry and reproduce. Very good, Adam. Oh, He's swiftly really? there with yes. it. Oh, well done. <laughs> and I vividly remember that scene as well. Look and at where that. was it? Where is it hanging? What? There's a picture. It's on the. It's above the bed. Okay. It would, it would have been that. a. It would have been a picture, but uh, it's a. Uh, it's just Very that horrible good. message. I never even really saw that. Because he kept popping up throughout the film as well. Oh, Because right. there was a big posters about it. Mm. I, see, I saw it in the film, I just didn't see it then. Yes. It's that final message. Okay, well... This is the bonus question. Yeah, so here's the bonus question. So if neither of you get this right, I get a point and we just all stay exactly where we were, just a, a number higher. Are you ready for the bonus question? Let's do it! The screenwriter of this movie, Frank Armitage, mm-hmm. directed what cult classic film? in 1988 fuck I don't know so the question the screenwriter of this film Frank directed yeah the screenwriter of this film Frank Armitage directed what cult classic in 1988 I'll tell you this you both know the film very well fuck me I can only think of like I don't know I'm going to have to put a ticking clock on you boys you've got 10 seconds Uh, Commando. No, good guess. Paul, you got three seconds. Predator two. <laughs> I don't Adam. know. I would say I could only think Arnie in my head. That's all I could think. Of. Would you Arnie, like to know what Arnie the answer film. to the question is? Yeah. Is on. it an Arnie film? The answer is, and this was a trick question. The answer is, they live because screenwriter Frank Armitage is actually John Carpenter, but he said, "Put my name down as Frank Armitage oh. as the writer of this movie." Really? Oh, I. Oh yes. Interesting. Eighty-eight is the year it came out. Does that actually is that actually stand up? Let me look on. Oh IMDb. mate, off you go and have a look. It says writer John Carpenter. Oh yeah, as Frank Armitage. As Frank well Armitage. Done. Yeah. Yep. Frank Interesting Armitage was a trivia. character in something. Yes, that was the bonus one. If you hadn't asked, if you'd only asked for two questions, you wouldn't have got that question. But there you go. Mm. It's worth it, isn't it? Well, look at that. We're all exactly where we were when we began. Just a number higher. I was. I'm, I'm really annoyed though, Ben. I was hoping you were going to ask me. Who did the main character play in Always Sunny? That's too obvious, isn't it? You would have got that straight away. I would have got that straight away. I prepared. I had my whole 
since I watched the film, I was like, yes, this is yes. going to happen, and I'm going to get this point. Yes. Roddy Piper. Roddy. Shall we get to the episode since we've already started to talk about the film? Yes, now? yes, okay. <laughs> yes, so yes, yes. Let's uh, segue into and play the theme, I guess. The main event. Here is our feature topic. Plus, Adam might do a rubbish plot summary. Fucking serious. Right, today we are talking about They Live, the John Carpenter film. Uh, it is a spoiler episode. We will be going straight into spoilers. No hanging about. But first of all, Adam would like to do a lovely plot description. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually forgot how to do a plot description for this film. Normally when I'm watching the film <laughs> nowadays, I think about what I'm going to say. Mm. Um, so <laughs> this film is about a guy who basically gets a pair of sunglasses that let you see the world for what they are. And him and his buddy go bust the world down. They, they remove the lens of what the, the government or the man make you want to feel like life is and yeah open you to the harsh realities of life yeah All would you right. like me to talk about the film first I guess he has to you have to you okay must. I have yeah. to yeah. so um, I gave this film a 9 out of 10 I, I really love this film I watched it last year and I, I'm so glad I got to watch it again it was a, it was a lovely little treat um, it's, such a, it's such a simple plot it's, it's short it's a tight film a little bit ahead of its time in some ways about the elite pulling the strings and the brainwashing and the oppression love it uh, you know seeing the world in black and white do you like that yes yeah it's good wasn't it it's so 80s i love it this like the sunglasses the jeans the hair beautiful stuff i love the soundtrack it's like that that bass drum it's like a, it's like an, like an old detective film the way it is it's like so ridiculous so funny the one-liners are fantastic there's um but there's there's also some like i know it's i guess it's kind of like in the horror genre so and there is something like oddly scary about it as well and off-putting when you're looking at these disgusting creatures when you put the glasses on but um other than that i absolutely love the film and i absolutely love the fight scene that lasts like five minutes which is great for ridiculous it was ridiculous but great just because they got (laughs) because they got arrested in the film yeah of course and that's my review 9 out of 10 alright okay I gave this film an 8 out of 10 Um, I very very much enjoyed it like Paul said it's tight it's simple sets it up bam does it and then a lot lot of John Carpenter films I think they're quite they seem to always be quite short don't they and condensed and straight to the point no faffing around but and they always seem to work really really well Um, I do feel with this film however where it could have got more marks for me is there was a lot more that this film could have done if it elaborated a bit more. Like, if you gave it... Like, I've said a lot in the other podcast, oh, this film's too long. This film could have done with an extra half an hour, maybe 40 minutes, and they could have really taken this film to the next level. Like, there's untapped potential with this storyline, which, um, yeah, which they could have done with this, but in some ways, I think they kind of did it with The Matrix a couple of years later, so... It's that whole kind of... Setting off for the beginning, questioning reality, and all those genres there. But yeah, taking the veil off. All those genres there. <laughs> all those genres. There. Genres, sorry. All of them. Aware. There's a lot of genres in this film. It's comedy, and yes, wrestling. Yes. And... I'll give you that. All right, shall I spit it out? Spit it Go out, son. It. All right, let's spit it out. I'm a huge fan of John Carpenter's. Huge, huge fan. He's done some really awful movies. Ghosts of Mars is one of the worst fucking movies that's ever been made and it's one of hits but he's also done one of my favourite fucking movies of all time Halloween closely followed by another one of my all time fucking favourite movies Big Trouble in Little China so I was very excited to see this given the cult status that it has obviously huh very very hyped up (laughs) and very excited to see it after all this time on a Saturday night I think it was Chilled. Set the scene. <laughs> Now's the time. It's only 90 minutes as well. That's a short runtime. Fantastic. I'm going to love this. The movie starts off. The music kicks in. Oh, this music. Oh, here we go. Here we go. John Coffert is here with a banging soundtrack already. And it was all downhill from there. Oh, shit, really? son. I'm being a little bit harsh because you both gave it a 9 and an 8. So I'm going to have to lean into the negative. It's of a course. 7 out of 10, which is not terrible. I enjoyed okay. it, okay. but I, there was a lot of things that I had had issues with, and uh, we can t- we can talk about them. But ultimately, 
what you both said, a nice tight film. Mm-hmm. I agree, nice and tight, and thank God it wasn't a minute longer because it felt like it was a three-hour film. It felt like a oh, bit of really? a slog to get through. Yeah, I was surprised because it felt like... It, the, I kept comparing it, maybe unfairly, but I kept comparing it to Big Trouble in Little China, and I was thinking, how did that film manage to make a longer runtime zip past, and this one is dragging, given the subject matter. It's a 7 out of a 10. Let's go. Come on. This guy's on foot. This guy's on his feet. The other guy had a truck. Kurt Russell had a truck, so he'd go quicker. He didn't have a truck. He had the Pork Chop Express. <laughs> I'd, say that, I'd say That's that um, Big Trouble Little China drags a little bit more. Rubbish. Rubbish. That's the worst thing you've ever said on this entire podcast. Take that back. You can, <laughs> you can take back one thing you ever say on these podcasts, and that's it. That's your worst take ever, my friend. <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China is such a superior film to this one. When did you watch Big Trouble in Little China? Either. When I was a teenager. Yeah. But that's it, got nothing to that... do with it. Yeah, it does, mate. No, it doesn't. It really yeah. doesn't. No, no. Yeah. Nothing to do with it. The, so the the big thing here is it's a great concept, right? It is a yeah, great yeah. premise, absolutely. And it is ahead of its time, I would say, for sure, yeah. And bringing that political stuff into a horror film in that very 80s John Carpenter way, great. Okay, done well. The problem is he never got out of the starting gates with a concept. He was like, okay, there's an elite that rules over the world that people are so conditioned they can't see. What are we going to do yeah. with that? What we're going to do is get an uncharismatic, and this is one of the major failings of the film, an uncharismatic lead actor who is better known as a wrestler to play this role so that no one could humanly relate to him. And then we're going to drag out and protract scenes that really don't need it, such as the fight scene. Oh, <laughs> see, that played to- I absolutely love that because it's just so ridiculous. Loads of people do, but I, I didn't. Mm. See, this is what I was just saying before. It's like... This what like we used to have Ben like it never got out of the starting gates. I don't agree with that statement completely, but I feel like there was another level this film could have gone to. I don't and think it could have had. I don't think it or it wanted it to there have is, anything. There's more. a lot per- with this idea, especially. There is a lot of there is really like you've got a whole one world of like like look at the Matrix for example. Like you have this whole kind of story now ready to go. There is so much you can do and then whatever with this but they didn't they kept, he kept it tight for a reason and he kept it short and he kept it simple which works for this film and i appreciate that and i don't i mean not, i don't think he didn't have to do that i enjoy the film still i mean i'm not saying it's amazing but it had its wacky moments and i enjoyed those wacky moments but I just, it was a good fun film i enjoyed my time watching it yes see i don't think if, if it had anything more i think it kind of takes it away from it because you don't need to like over explain the world or add any more elements to it it's like just so simple it's like and that that simple plot has like has like gone through through these generations because it's just one simple idea is that this this like government is like not government but this alien government has like taken over the the country it's not in the world is it they were going to take over the world it's just a, such a simple idea and it's like just gone into pop culture so easily and slotted in so easily and i love it just for that not even it doesn't even have to go any further than that I didn't want it to, to be a longer film. It would have been film. a better film if they did. I didn't want it to be a longer film, but I do feel they should, could have fleshed out a little bit more because the, the, the main issue is, and I do think a lot of it is down to that actor, Roddy Piper. He isn't a charismatic leading man. He, he's not relatable. He's not I d- relatable. I don't think he's either, but I love that. But okay, let me tell you what would have been better. Like, he's just a meatbag. You know what would have been much better if Kurt Russell had played that role as yeah, it was, was originally to, intended? It? Yeah, yeah, that... I, immediately when I read that, I was like, "Oh fuck me!" That was a good film gone begging because they said because they had Roddy Piper in. Apparently, they really whittled down how much dialogue he would have because they knew that he it was going to be more about how he looked and how he physically emoted and reacted to the situations. Mm. So they cut back the dialogue. Kurt Russell and and um, Keith, whatever his name is, David, I think. Yeah, Keith David. If they could have reunited their partnership from the thing on screen for this, there, there could have been some more humour. And I think this film needed a bit more yeah. humour because you're already dealing with something that's a bit wacky. And it, it it felt like it was taking itself a little too seriously at times. I disagree. I think it's so funny. Like, just the, do you know, do you know that scene right... Yes, that scene right at the end yeah, where, that's funny. where the that curtain's lifted and, the, and that, what, that alien sitting in that bar just looking at the screen 
fucking yeah, hilarious. Funny. So that's all funny. funny. That is, I agree. I agree. That is. I and agree, I, that is I, I love more than one more line as well. They're so dumb, and I find them so funny. But there wasn't enough humour like that. There was loads, so many lines. Tell me, so that kick-ass and chew bubblegum line has now become so ingrained in pop culture that when it was delivered, I thought it was a bit of a letdown because he delivers it so flatly. Well, you've got to give it some credit for being the original idea. Well, I do, but it's very flat. Just because it's first doesn't mean it's the No, it, it's, first it's, it's worst, not flat. I say. think it's supposed to... I, it's just like... That is, it's so dumb. That line is so dumb that it's just like, what the fuck is he even saying? He is a great And that line, is what's though. funny about it. Yes. And then it's all the... Every, every line, like one line that's delivered, is so dumb, and that is the reason why it's so great. Like, just like... What, mm. I, I wrote some, like, that's, that's like pouring perfume on a pig. It's like, where does that line even come from? Uh, it, 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 didn't, it moved too slowly for me. You, to tell you the truth, I fell asleep uh, <laughs> when I was watching it. And... Jenny said to me when I woke up, she was like, you know, you only f- you fell asleep and there was only like seven minutes of it left. Do you want to watch them? And I'm like, oh, I'm really tired. I was like, okay. And then I skipped back to where I last remembered. And I'm like, there's like 30 minutes of this thing left. So I actually had to watch the second half in the morning. And Paul, I know you won't approve, but what can I, I don't say? approve, mate. This no. is like Wonder Woman all over again. This is like what? <laughs> Wonder Woman oh, Wonder all Woman. over again. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> But I, I just couldn't. It's not the film's fault. I guess I, I just suddenly had become very tired. But that's why I think, like, if it had been a different film, if it had had the energy of Big Trouble in Little China, it would have had me more engaged. But it was so ponderous and slow moving. Like, I was fast forwarding when I was um, re watching some of the bits. I was fast forwarding a scene and I was like, oh my God, this scene has lasted like six minutes. There's a scene where he walks from the homeless camp into the building opposite where he finds the shades right yeah yeah that's a six minute scene of him slowly walking to it into the building and then picking up the shades six minutes because he slowly tentatively walks it's like i bet it had some beautiful music going but on but on bomb the music is in that part i must say (laughs) when he went into the house and he steps out in the middle of the thing he sees a police car and then drops behind the wall that police car would have seen him he was standing in the middle of the street when he jumped away. He wasn't like poke his head around the wall and nip it back in. He jumped out in full view and then jumped behind the wall. I was like, that's ridiculous. Well, <laughs> maybe the policeman's short sighted. Maybe he needed he, glasses. He'd be fucking blind. <laughs> he should drive to fucking Durham if he wants to. Drive, drive to Durham. Yep. 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 <laughs> How do you like the uh, Ghostbusters detectors? So that is the most completely random inclusion in a film ever. <laughs> Why on earth does a prop from another movie suddenly make its way into this one? It's, what was the decision-making behind that? <laughs> I have no that idea. the I weirdest even... fucking thing in the world. Like, I know. Instantly when I saw it, I was like, what? what? That's Ghostbusters. I was thinking of a trivia and it just said they would just used it. So I don't know why they I was probably walking around the back lot of the film. And also, they were that. fucking using it like, like a walkie-talkie. Yeah, it was a walkie-talkie. That's not what an EP- EPK meter is. <laughs> and all the sides are flicking up. It's like, I know. that's what a walkie-talkie does. Highly annoying. <laughs> but the thing is, I see everything that you're saying, right? I, everything that you're, 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 you're saying about it, that's good. I, I, can, I can see it, and I really like the concept, and I do like its sort of sense of fun. For me, I just wish it had been a little bit more fast-paced and a little... A little bit more comedy in there would have gone, wouldn't have gone amiss. Because for so me, sixty it minutes straightforward. No, no, no. But you know what I mean. Like there was long periods where there aren't, there isn't a joke, and then a joke appears. So the fact that they end the entire movie on the funniest gag of the entire movie, like her fucking that yes. that demonic thing, and him go, "What's wrong, honey?" The the fact that they finish on that is so jarring because it's like, but hang on. We've been kind of live laughing along the way, but you've been taking, despite the ridiculous appearance of these aliens, you've kind of been taking the subject matter a bit too seriously. I don't think so. They, it's fucking people with a skull face, like jumping around, going, "Oh, they, it's one of them. They see us. They see us." It's like, how's that fucking serious? Well, that's what I mean. I think it. it I don't think you are necessarily meant to laugh this, at that. This, this, uh, this. Take this seriously now. Well, you retired, weren't you? You didn't. You weren't in a good mood. <laughs> no, it's not. Not that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's not that. And listen, I don't. I don't. Like I said, if Paul, I obviously knew that you gave this a nine beforehand. But if Adam had given this like a five or something, then I would be more balanced in my thing. But now I'm the low one. I've got to yeah, argue the cons, eh? I, I, yeah, I was supposed to give it a seven. My, my my eight is a low eight. I it was multiple to seven. But even coming into this just now, I was thinking 
do I give this a 7 or 8? Do I give it a 7 or 8? And I thought, no, I'll give it an 8. It had its good points and I did enjoy the film. But I do wish they had gone further with it. Like, there is more potential in... There was untapped potential in this film that they didn't use. But I still enjoyed this very much. I think you're right, Adam. It's, it's that, it, it, that's it for me. It's just that little bit of untapped potential. Just a little something more, which for me would have been a little more comedy not just like silly gags but leaning into the ridiculousness of the situation a little bit more i think would, yeah. have, would have won won itself well i kind of like the subtlety of it the subtlety if it was if it was too over the top i don't think it would have been as good as it was it was just it was just like silly one-liners and like the odd the odd scene every so often where you see like a fucking skull face say something stupid or being or in a stupid situation but if they went into full-on comedy where it's like fucking slapstick or something then I don't think it would be as as cult classic as it is. Not not full on comedy, but like that big trouble in Little Child. I know I keep comparing it to it, but that's because they they're very similar in in theme. That style, Big Trouble in Little Child, like Kurt Russell's character could have rolled off of Big Trouble in Little China and then gone on to appear in this, and it would be like, okay, here's the sequel. And then he rolls into the thing, and then rolls into the thing, rolls into uh, Escape from LA. <laughs> I agree. I would have loved to see him in this. Why didn't they pick him? I think he said something like he didn't want to. He didn't want did. to get typecast with him or something. Yeah, like he that. didn't want to over give him overuse, overuse him. him or something. Yeah, what a shame. Yeah. Mm. So you prefer this to, to Big Trouble in Little China, Adam? Do you prefer this to oh, Big Trouble I prefer, in Little China? Uh, I don't think I do. I think I prefer Big Trouble in Little China. There's more of a film in there. There's more going on, I would say, and there's more of a world to immerse yourself in. Yeah, I, I do. The, the is the craziness of. Little Trouble, Little Giant. When you first watch it, you're like, what is this film like? Okay, this is what's happening. By the end of it, you enjoy it. It's all just bizarre and great. My favourite John Carpenter film is probably The Thing, though. Yes. Love the Thing film. is Ma- Halloween. Better, yeah. The Thing. Halloween. Michael Myers is wonderful. Michael Myers is wonderful, but it's not as good as Kurt Russell in The Snow. I like the thing. I love the thing. It's not as good as Halloween. The, the, the special effects outdoes it for me in the thing. Yeah, they're very good special effects. Mm. What came first? Uh, the Halloween did. Yeah, Halloween so was one of his first. Because he, he did loads of films really close together, didn't he? Like his first initial like, burst on the scene was just like... Well, he did... He really did, good films, he did, quick succession and then... Yeah. The thing that's funny about this film is like... When I was looking at some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, they were saying that he didn't really have a budget for it, so he had to make do with a lot of stuff. But it's like, you were at a point of your career where like all the films that we've just discussed were behind him. Surely you had the fucking money for it. Yeah, but it's whether the studio thinks there's a market for them still. But for, for a John Carpenter film, on the back of things like Big Trouble, The Thing, Halloween... These are all films well, that have just come made, before. Like, 10 years before that, weren't they? 10, 15 years. Well, The Thing was only well, not six years. Big Trouble was two years before. You think a studio's going to go, yeah, was fuck, it? take the money. It's Christine, the John Carpenter film. Both, Stephen King and John Carpenter. Okay. I've never seen that, though. It's a good film. It's on Netflix. I watched it the other day. That's this... what, it's one of those other films. It's very 80s as well. It's like the music, the style, everything that's going on in it. John Carpenter keeps that 80s style. Like John Carpenter's music... Is I I was listening so this morning I was listening to just his uh, playlist of all his scores all his soundtracks from his films and I was like this guy could possibly be like my favorite composer I've never thought of him that way but mm. they're all super memorable because they're very basic like what you were actually saying about this film Paul they're actually kind of stripped down basics but done very very well and yeah. repetitive to the point where it becomes such an earworm. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack for this is like wonderful. I'd never heard it before. It kind of becomes a character it, of its own, it. doesn't it? It does. Mm. Like, do you think that it sounds like a kind of an old detective film? I know what you're saying. I suppose. Da-dung, and it's like, it's like you can just imagine like a voiceover, like she was a blonde-haired girl. I found her in the alleyway one day. <laughs> if, if a voiceover had appeared in this film, <laughs> I would have shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> How ridiculous that is. <laughs> What was the film you were saying, Ben, that was the worst film you've ever seen? Uh, Ghost, Ghosts of Mars that he did with Ice I've never Cube. Heard of her. Oh, it is so, <laughs> so bad. It's just horrible. I remember watching it and thinking, this car- is this actually John Carpenter, John Carpenter? And it's like, oh, well, there you go. He's, he's very good for schlocky, schlocky horror, but he does- I've never known a director who could do horror and comedy so well. Hmm. That's why I think for me I would have just liked it to have been a bit more balanced with both of those elements here. 
I appreciate that. Now, let me ask you your opinion on this then, Paul. Yeah. The female character. Yes. I thought she was atrocious addition. You didn't like that she was a, a bad guy all along? No, no. I, I, the, you I, knew she was a bad guy the whole time. She I, never changed. Even when she turned up to that meeting, I was like, why the fuck are you trusting her? I didn't know that she was a bad she, guy. Just why would you plant. not trust her? Because, because at that point, you don't think the humans nah. are in on it. No. Now she, 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 he found out she was bad, and I was like, "Why the hell are you trusting her now?" Adam, do you have a thing against women? <laughs> no, just having a thing against his character. It's like as soon as the woman came on stupid. screen, you hated her and thought she was a bad guy. He said she was a bad guy. It came as she was like against it. She was working for the channel. She just got taken hostage by someone. Now she was bad with her when she as soon as she came on. I can't remember what she did. No, she kicked him out the, the window, on. didn't she? Yeah. Because she was defending herself or whatever. Yeah, of course, that was... F- yeah, so I was really like, okay, this is a bit weird. Like, okay. Unfortunately for that actress, like, the actress had very terrible eyes. And yeah, so she, it looked like she was an alien. She, yeah, I was about to say, she almost looks like it, one. Yeah. Horrible eyeshadow. <laughs> That's why I didn't trust her. I could have done a better job on her eyeshadow and mascara. But she looked very poor. I didn't care for her look. And then when she appeared later... I didn't like that he was like so head over heels for her because like him, him, him and his buddy, and then then taking on people with guns, and he's like, "Oh, I've got to get to her. I've got to get to her." And the black guys go, "What? Why you got to get to her for?" And I was thinking, "Yeah, why? We've we, there's nothing that's been built up for us to believe, let alone in the him as a human, but that relationship with this one person he met for thirty seconds. I was glad when when he shot her and she fell over backwards. I think he more felt a bit sorry for her. Well, he's a plum. He's a plum. He's a meatbag. What? You keep calling things. him that. I dislike it. I'm going to say it three more times before the end All of this right. episode. Don't tell me when you're going to say it. Just <laughs> drop it in the conversation. <laughs> but do it I exactly thrice. Do it exactly thrice. No more, no less. <laughs> and they've got to be staggered out. Okay. I'll see what um, I can do. Yes, I wasn't a fond, fond of that. But I was fond of the fact that when he shot her, she fell down in a really silly way. Backwards, like she was on a plank being lowered or something. I appreciated that they killed off both the two leads. I like Keith, that, yes. David, and Roddy. Yes, it's good. It's it's good to have a like a bittersweet ending. It's nice. It is, and then you I get the reveal of them sitting in the bar. It's beautiful. I know that was all I good. Thought, that is the one scene I remember every time, like from the first time I watched this film. I was like, that is so funny, and it's just the way the he- the head of the aliens looking at the TV. It's like it's hyper extended, just looking up at the TV, and yes. his eyes like bulging. <laughs> it's, like, it's so funny. It is funny. <laughs> it is funny. It's a very strong. It's a very strong ending. But it does feel like that moment when they go underground. When a watch suddenly makes a hole in the concrete for some fucking reason, yeah. and they fall underground. That from there till the end, that bit in particular, I didn't care for. Because when okay. they go into that place and all the rich people are having that speech and then that guy's like, oh, let me show you around. And then it was like explaining everything and they were shooting off into space. I was like, what is this? This is a bit stupid. And then they just take over the television station and run, on to, run onto the roof to shoot the antenna. How the fuck did he blow off that un- un- antenna with that little tiny gun? Yeah, it was a very stupid blow. He literally popped a hole in it. It would have just gone through it. Yes. The, maybe shot the fuse it's box. not an explosion grenade. And those and aliens are stupid them. if they only got one antenna. Well, it's, it's only, they were only taking over America or something. They deserve to be taken down if they have one antenna. I thought they had taken over the whole world. No, no, because he said we've we've done. Um, I can't remember the words he says. He said we've done America, we've done this country, or we're going to go have the world or something. He said it in the speech when he's in front of all the rich people. Okay, I th- I thought there was something about it having taken over the whole world. No, I don't think they had. Yet. I mean, I liked I liked the whole sunglasses. See, there's loads of good elements in there. It's just that it didn't it didn't really come into a. I I think it's a lot to do with that main guy, mate. I just didn't like him. I, I would have preferred. That. I would have preferred thingy. I can get that. I kind of. I kind of find it charming that it's like an unknown. He's a. He's a big fat fuck. It's almost well, not like really fat. It's almost like when you have. It's almost like makes the film a little bit more special because it's this this one unknown entity, this one person. Even though Adam knows him from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and I can't even picture who he is. <laughs> but he's the maniac. It's the maniac. When they did the wrestling he... episode, when they rest, when they wrestled the troops, a, he's and I have a like a recollection. He's in the wrestling episodes. He's like, he's like really poor, and he's, and like he's in the timeshare episodes when they get a timeshare, yeah. and then the maniac moves in with them, and then becomes the best salesman of the timeshare. He's dead remember. now. I can't remember. 
No idea. Also, but I think I it's quite. Char- Let me finish film. my point. Oh, I think it's quite off. charming that it's this one. Like, if it was like Kurt Russell, it's like, oh, it's another Kurt Russell film. Where this is like, it's just this film with this one person. It's, he almost, it's almost like he becomes the character because he's in nothing else. So it's like it's, it's like a it's like a film that's just like a I solid look film. Filmography, and he's in a film called Wrestlers vs Zombies. Mm. Who wants to watch that, mate? Yeah. That's the kind of fucking shit you watch and you give it a fucking nine out of ten because you were high on the face. <laughs> You would Wrestlers vs Zombies That sounds like fun No it doesn't Yeah I mean I guess I could get that as well Come on Let's talk about this fight scene That you like so well Well it's just I don't remember it, it too tough I just remember it going on for ages It went on for a while I was like Just wear the fucking sunglasses And he went punch in the head it's, I, I just love Put rid- them on Take them off I love ridiculousness In films Yes, you do. That's the problem. That's 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 the crux of the matter right here. It's a little it? bit slapstick, and it's just over the top, but it kind of has a little bit of charm to it. One man's charm is another man's annoyance. Put that exactly. on my gravestone. Exactly. Tell me about <laughs> it. From this like Timothy Chalamet, he's charming to me, he's annoying to you. Exactly. Well, you know, do you think he's charming in real life? I haven't looked at any interviews with him. I would like to have seen Timothy Chalamet in this lead role. That would be quite nice. <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. They're doing a remake <laughs> next year with him in, so perhaps. So anyway, this fight... Yeah. It went on for fucking ages. <laughs> yes, it, was it, like, it went on at for... At first I was like, oh, this is pretty brutal, this is good. And then it was like, oh, they're still fighting. And then it's like, oh my God, they're still fighting. Five minutes, it was, 20 it, seconds. It was one of those scenes where it happens. And then for some reason, I don't know what, I kind of maybe switched off throughout the scene. And you go back into the film, and you're like, is this the same fight scene? Or is they refighting again? Translate like, that as Adam thing? checked his phone. When he says he yes, switched off for a second, exactly. Adam looked at his phone. That, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is going on for too long. Let's see what's happening on Twitter. Only a oh, person shit, who's looking on. at the screen would say, is this the same fight? <laughs> it was just a, but it's one of those ones that makes you question time. <laughs> yes, it was like Christopher Nolan film. He said John Carpenter did time better than Nolan without even realising it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there were watches involved. There you go. Yeah. On sunglasses. Beautiful. This was actually Tenet. This is the big <laughs> the big thing. It was released years ago. That's why they're I not announcing the that. new cinema date. Because it's like it's already out there. You own it. Many of you own it. You know what I thought was funny? In the, the behind the scenes of that fight scene, um, when John Carpenter is directing them, I don't know if you've seen this, Paul, maybe you've seen this, but there's like someone on set or something. It's just John Carpenter's kneeling down on this rolled up rug because it's obviously outside and and he's on his knees a lot directing them. And it just made me think someone's job was to go and get a rug to roll up <laughs> for John Carpenter to kneel on because John Carpenter's like, I'm going to be kneeling so much in this scene. Someone get me a rug. And he's got this fucking long rug. Watch the behind the scenes. You can't not see it. <laughs> That was um, um, that whole fight scene was actually choreographed by um, Keith and Roddy, wasn't it? It wasn't really. actually something to do with John Carpenter. No, they added it in. And he Apparently, it. there was five blank pages in a script, and he said, "This will be filled with fighting." <laughs> <laughs> five minutes twenty seconds. Maybe that's worth. why. Maybe that's why the budget of the film wasn't great. They were like, "Well, you're going to have a fight scene for five whole pages of a script." Okay, you're not getting money for that. Yeah. I mean, I like the fact that the fight was, like, metaphorically someone unwilling to see the truth. Yeah. So unwilling to see the truth that they will fight you to stop seeing it, to, to not be t- shown it. Because it's all that. over those fucking sunglasses. Look at that, mate. You fucking nailed it. But I very... I, I love 10 the out of 10 now? Oh, yes. 10 out of 10 now. <laughs> I appreciate that, because obviously... As someone, as an, as I know for the most part, you definitely are, Paul. I don't know, Adam. Sometimes you love that Pierce Morgan, so I'm not sure. But um, Adam was checking his phone again there. He, he just phased out of the conversation. No, you he heard me out. say his name and he was like, what's that, sorry? <laughs> you I'm cut out. You, you, your, your, your thing stumbled. You broke down. And I'm I was just saying, playing it off. But... I was saying naturally that this kind of film represents a certain ideology that I believe in as well. And I know that, yeah. that you do, Paul. Adam. That's why I'm surprised you gave it a... Seven. I thought you'd be this is like right up your street. No, I know because I agree with. The, I love the concept and I love the premise and I agree with the sentiment. I just wasn't happy with the execution. Right, the Matrix as well. I, I think Did. I looked at afterwards and you gave the Matrix was a six out of ten. I know we're not discussing it. I never gave Matrix but, a six out of ten. I swear you did. 
That would no, be a no, ridiculous no. call if you did. Worst Maybe take you... on the podcast. No, I'll tell you, the first time I ever watched Matrix, I didn't care for it that much. But Jenny, it's her favourite, uh, up there with her favourite movies of all time. So Good we watched girl. the entire trilogy for, for the first time with her. And then I was like, oh, okay. I, I give Matrix... Okay, you gave it a seven, sorry. Hang on, what the that. fuck's this? Higher oh, than that. that. What have I given it? A seven? Yeah. Have I? No, oh dear. When Jenny hears this episode, she won't be happy. I don't think that's true. <laughs> Oh, I have given you, it a seven. Well, you then stand... do you know what? I give the follow-up an eight. I must have. I oh, need to revisit them. Don't be ridiculous. Them. The first one's the top one. No, uh, there's. I have a lot of love for the follow-ups, actually. I enjoyed the follow-ups. I enjoy them too, but... Well, one of them's a six. You give Reloaded a six. I think you're talking and shit, mate. You're talking about your ass, you? a seven. Well, see, the revolutions... Are... I have to rewatch them again. <laughs> I need to rewatch. them. I, I don't think I've seen the second or third ones, to be fair. But this film is owed a debt because without this film, The Matrix wouldn't be made. Mm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Paul, is this better or Matrix? Matrix is better. Okay, so, but you still like and appreciate this film, and then you say you say uh, often that you don't like films that that um, you can appreciate that they may have helped inspire something else, but you don't like it if it doesn't stand on its own merits or something like that. You say? No, no, no. I've said. I've said before that I don't think a film should be high, rated high because they did it first. I said it about The Thing the other day, watching The Thing, the second follow-up to The Thing, which is actually a prequel. I said that pay, paying, like, like using scenes that pay homage to the original doesn't mean make it a good film. That's what I was saying. I don't say, yeah. that, it, I don't say that it can't be a good film because of that. I just no, mean no, that, if that's, if, that's the, if that's the one element they're trying to, they're trying to portray... And that's the one good element. It doesn't mean the whole film's good. Mm. I wouldn't. I would never say that uh, if if something's done, redone on another off another idea, then it's not good. Because Scarface. <laughs> yeah. No. I know. I, I'm not knocking remakes. I'm not. But what I mean is, what I mean is that you you have said to me, maybe not on the podcast in a, in the past, but you've said about older films, mm-hmm. like, like you've said. I'm trying to remember how you put it, but you said something like you don't believe in in because a film did something that was good at that time and unique at that time that it should still be heralded as something good by today's standards. Something like that, you say. Yeah, you say like I agree. Maybe I, if it was I agree with that. Then, sta- I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that statement. But then, wouldn't you say that they live is in in, in, in respect like the sentiment still stands, but the film itself doesn't. The film is very no, dated. because I love the film. Oh well, look, you're I can still. Well, obviously, because I've got I like some films and don't like other films. <laughs> Your logic is picking and choosing. I mean, <laughs> do you like the bit where the, where the black priest is uh, talking at the same time as the telly is? Oh, I loved it, mate. That was my favourite. That bit was in one the film, of my favourite bits. Yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> when it happened. I was Even like, the gag at the oh, end. Oh shit! This is some weird stuff. Happening How do you in this think he did now. it? How do you think he did it? Do you reckon he had to memorise it, or he he was like he could hear it and he just had to speak over it? Maybe he was hearing it a second before and just repeating what he heard. Like, go ahead, let's try it now. You say a sentence, and I'm. You say a couple of sentences, and I'll try and say it like a split second behind you. That's difficult shit. That's difficult. Come on, come on. You have to do it. You can't just stop and start. Get, just say some sentences in a row. Yeah, but it's it's hard. Yeah, like, but it's yeah, hard. I guess it's kind of the same thing you got to do. Oh, isn't it, it keeps cause... cutting out when I talk, so I can't quite hear you. <laughs> it was a skill. That man should have got an Oscar nomination at least. He should have at least, at least, yeah. And. Uh, Here's something. Me and Jenny were so confused. We had to rewind the film, and we were like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" So at the end, when that guy is in the fancy banquet hall, and he turns up, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't realize you joined us." Oh yeah. We were like, yeah. "Who the fuck is this guy?" The guy watching TV. Yeah. But yeah. we were like, "Who is he? He looks so different." But you look at your phone on that point. <laughs> no, it's when I'd fallen asleep. <laughs> <laughs> we had to rewind the film. To try and find him, and we were like, "Oh, is it his boss at the building site?" No, oh, no your that's viewing of this film was all broken up. <laughs> no, we didn't rewind it while we were watching it. You After watched it like eight finished. segments. <laughs> Did you watch the, the ending before you watched we, the middle? We rewound it. I bet you. I bet you woke up and like, "I just watched the end, and I go back." <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, it confused me. I'm telling you. I'm him. telling you. I'm telling you. I didn't understand. <laughs> I didn't understand it at first. I didn't know. Oh, was he? always a bad guy and he was sitting in that camp as like a mole and then it's like no they must have just got him afterwards right mm. it's, everyone can be corrupted mate touchable mm. yes and the untouchables 
Yeah. But you know that scene in Untouchables where they kill one of them and then they write touchable in his blood. Who, who is it? Is it uh, Sean it's Connery? It's that nerdy guy, I think, isn't it? Oh, no, maybe it is Sean Connery. I've only seen that. I need to watch that film again. Yeah, I've seen well. it once. I've seen it a long time ago. So, can I clarify? Is This is your second favourite John Carpenter film? Um, I'd say so, yes. Off the top of my head, I'd say yes. Mm. My, my. And you give him big trouble in Little China and Eight. Yeah. Okay, I want to pull you up on this point. Tell me what it is about this film that provides the thrills and the spills that Big Trouble in Little China doesn't. To to me, this is I I think this film's tire, and I think I where you where you say you want more from it, I don't want any more from it. I kind of like the fact that it's just like real simple, basic idea, where it's it's not exactly not a lot happens, but like. A d- decent amount happens, but it's not like loads and loads of exposition. And I like mm. that more than a film that's got loads and loads of elements to it. Which I feel, I I, I love, I, I do love um, Big Trouble in Little China, and have fond memories. But it just doesn't do it as much as this does because I feel like it is longer and it is more to handle than they. It's uh, it's uh, nine minutes longer, by the way. Oh, is it? Well, there you go. Look. <laughs> Fucking heavy film, that is. <laughs> too heavy for me. Nine minutes too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I'm not asking too much of, of They Live, though. I'm, all, I'm, I'm not saying, oh, give me loads more. Yeah, cool. just, when, you're, I, when you you see a film is an hour and a half, you don't expect too much. You can't. No, no, but it's not that I'm not expecting too much, but I'm, I'm expecting... Give, uh, case in point, if you've got six minutes to send the guy from the homeless camp into the house to get the glasses, that could have been done in 60 seconds and then give me five minutes of something more special. More gags. More comedy. More slapstick. No slapstick. I, Kurt I, Russell. <laughs> the funniest moment in Big Trouble in Little China is when they turn a corner and there's like this floating alien head and Kurt Russell says something like, Oh my God, what is this now? Please don't tell me. It's like, this is fucking hilarious because he's surprised to see it and then at the same time he's like, I don't even want to fucking know. <laughs> you, had to, you had to be there. You did have to be there. I think you did, yeah, mate. All I will say is I can, wish, I can re-watch Big Tron and Little Tron until the cows come home. I can't. It's too much. Well... <laughs> The the internet is split because um, they both get seven point three on the IMDb. I love Lopan in Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, man, he's funny. It's fucking funny. I think it's one of Kurt Russell's best the, performances. The bit I remember most about Big Trouble in Little China is when they're in the truck and they go around the corner and then suddenly the fight breaks out and they're like in the truck in the middle and there's a whole fight is just going on around. Yeah, them. yeah, around the truck. And the thing that was beautiful, yeah. you know what you're saying, Paul? There's actually a little similarity. Is you're saying that in They Live, that the thing that you kind of like about this guy is that he's just, you know, the meatbag. He's, he's this nobody kind of thing. Mm. And that's the same with Kurt Russell's character in Big Trouble in Little China. Except the thing is, that the thing that I remember that I like so much about it is he doesn't do a single heroic thing in it. Mm. He's positioned as the hero, but he doesn't shoot he just anyone around, or kill anyone or win shit. anything. Yeah, everything he happens around him. people through the film. He actually doesn't even try to And even half the time, it. he doesn't even know what's going on. Other people tell him what to do. That's it. He goes back at one point, doesn't he? There's like a, like a tunnel that's flooding. He goes well, back and rescues the girl. Don't talk too much that's about it, it now, because maybe I have to get my revenge. Oh, shit. Listen, oh, at least that's... Roddy tried to save the day, mate. At least he's trying. See, this is why Paul likes this film so much, because he likes his hero. sheriffs, <laughs> he likes his cowboys, and he likes his meat bags. <laughs> And That's he likes it. the ridiculousness. Of this. I actually oh, totally yeah. forgot that I'm supposed to say meatbag. Yeah, you fucking did, didn't you? I had to <laughs> chuck one in for you. See, that was it. That was reverse psychology. I've made you say it now. Okay. There we go. Now, you know, Keith David, that his friend in this film, doesn't it feel like you've seen him in loads of other films? But the only one I can really remember is The Thing. Keith David's in... Yeah, um, he, he is in a lot of films. He, it feels like it, but I couldn't think of one other apart from The Me, Thing. Me, myself and Irene. No, no, oh. um, uh, something about Mary. He's the dad, I'm pretty sure. We go bigger than that. He's been definitely something else. No, but he's that's something that from Bridges, my childhood that I always used to remember. He was in Twenty One Bridges, but I don't remember him being in that. 
He must have just been the he's, captain or something. He's one of the detectives at the beginning, I think. Mm. He has a very distinct voice. It, it's no wonder that he's done a lot of animation. Mm. Definitely. Oh, shit! Oh, my God. I'm going to have to tell Jenny this afterwards. I had no idea. That's how... That's how ridiculous that is. So Jenny's um, watching the last season of Community at the moment, mm. and this he's guy, in that. yeah, this guy has come yeah, and taken over from another that. character, and and he's he's the yeah. one in it. And I've just realised, oh shit, there you go. Yes, that's it. Now you said it. I remember him being in it. Okay, here's a question you for you Community? both. Yeah, in in and out. I like it. I do like it. I haven't sat down and watched it properly from the beginning. It's hit and miss in some series. It drops down. I liked all that black and white stuff. Why was it in black and white? Because it, I, I see it as like um, you see in the world in black and white for what it is. Stripped strip back, isn't it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yes, black and white. Metaphorical. Metaphorical. Obey. This is your God. What was your favourite little message? The marry and reproduce poster that kept popping up. Oh, yes. Of course you like that. Because that was the one that kind of stood out for me the most. Is, of course Like it when is. you saw it, it, was like a, it was an advert for like a holiday or something like that. Yeah. And it was like... Anything sexual related. Now, all these other messages you see that the government tell you to do, but that was one that you kind of don't think about them telling you to That's do. the one that Adam can relate to. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm the only one here who's not married. Me and Paul are the ones who are falling victim to that particular <laughs> servitude. Suckers. <laughs> but thinking about that message, why is that a negative message? I can only guess it's because it creates more... More, more people slaves, for the system. That's it. Yes. I think that's why Ordinary it's life so much as... Yeah. Because you wouldn't think of that as a negative consequence of life. Like, that's not something the government would tell you to do. That's mm. why I don't think it was negative. And that's why I think that's why it stood out for me the most. The government do want message. you to get married, though. That's why they offer tax breaks for people if they're married. Yeah. It's almost more like, like keep, your, keep your head down, get yeah. married, have a life, just live your life like a normal person. That's what yeah, it's don't worry about nothing else. Yes. Yeah. Don't read between the lines. How, so how about this for reading between the lines what do you think about the fact that he came under much criticism from the Jewish community because they said that he was this was an anti-Semitic film and he was basically saying Jews run the world in what sense <laughs> I don't know where it came from but they all. But there was a big backlash against him saying that he, it was an anti-Semitic film and it, he was basically saying these people were Jewish people I never ever picked up I didn't know like any that. connotations of any no. of the film not for a second no, odd, really odd. Don't know, don't know where they got that reference from. He came under much for your reference. Yes, have you read? And if you haven't, you can do it in five minutes. The short story this film's based on. Oh no, I no. have not. No, I read it earlier today, and the thing that's interesting is it begins with a guy. There's a group hypnotism session. And the hypnotist says, now wake up. And everyone in the audience wakes up out of their hypnotism. But this one guy, Nada, Mm -hmm. wakes up more than everyone else. That's how it's described. And he just walks around and he can see everyone for what they are. And then he kills kills one of them. And then his girlfriend's like, oh, my God, you've killed a man. He's like, you can't see it. Can't you see what this is? And this girlfriend's like, no, no. And then he kills the man's kids and he kills the man's wife. And then... (laughs) He runs to the TV station, he kills the hosts, and everyone on TV suddenly sees him for what they are, and then he has a heart attack and dies. <laughs> Fantastic. That sounds like a better storyline than this film. It's interesting. <laughs> it probably would have been more interesting if it was a bit of a twist ending where it was actually just him and he just gone mental. I was thinking that was the way it was going to go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Do you think that would have worked in this film as well? you think that would have been a more interesting ending if that happened in this film? Well, it depends whether, it, well, because he got so many other characters involved. I don't think it would have worked. But if it was no. like him and he was trying to convince everyone else, but mm. then he'd just give him the sunglasses, so it wouldn't really work. No, they'd be like the media gaslighted you. Like they think you've got men- they made you go mental when you actually yeah. haven't gone mental. Anyway, I think I think we finished with this film, haven't we? Well, I was just going to say one final thing. I think this okay. is very apt, aptly timed for us in the UK because at the moment we are currently, for the last two to three days, being sold the absolute shite from our government and the people mm-hmm. at the top <laughs> telling us that something which is plainly criminal and basically catastrophic is totally normal and we should all just accept it. Carry on with your lives. Let's move on. This is a reasonable thing. They say it enough and enough and enough on TV, and all those people who were outraged at first suddenly start going, okay, all right, well, what can we do? Let's carry on, let's carry on, let's yep. carry on. It's exactly how it works. They always have the upper hand. That's why this shit never brings these fuckers down. 
I've got a feeling it might be different this time. But when you've got a president of the United States right now, the funny thing is, in this film, it's meant to all be subliminal. But you've got a president of the United States at the moment who isn't even being subliminal. He is saying the most outrageous shit and getting away with it. And the country loves him. The country loves him. So it begs the question, if they live actually did happen and everyone was revealed for what they were, what what the fuck would people actually do? Nothing, because they're doing nothing now. They'd vote them no. in again. Yeah. Yeah. Sons of he did all right for me. See, this is why I love They Live. Look at the realism. Yes. Ironically, this podcast has ended up how the film ended. So it's a silly thing. We could have had more laughs in this, but we actually talk very seriously. And I yeah. feel like we should have had a few more laughs along the way. We talk too seriously about this film. So it's a fitting companion. Why are we talking so seriously about this thing? We always We're do in this. a serious mood today. Last we'll, week we were a bit silly around, but this week I think we're quite serious and on it. We're too silly with the serious films and serious with the silly films. It's true. It's we've got to bring. I don't know why we did we've this. Got bring a, we've got to bring a balance to the universe. Well, I'm disappointed. <laughs> In this film or this podcast? No, we should have been funnier. The people are listening and they don't like that we were so fucking serious in this podcast. I'm telling I think you. You're, I think you're bringing, this, you're bringing the fucking tone down right now, mate. <laughs> well, Even lower. We, need, we need to address the elephant in the room. I want to get out ahead of this thing before other people start talking on Twitter. And <laughs> saying, We've got to be natural about it, okay? You can't force the humour. Everyone says we're not funny anymore. We have become more serious recently, I think. Oh, s- stop it. <laughs> you are contributing to the problem. You're meant to say it doesn't matter what everyone else is saying. It doesn't matter. We are the more important. They should be agreeing with what we say. Anyway. All right, so we took a little break there. On average, that averaged out as an eight. So we consulted the score chart. And in order from best to worst, these are our eights. Midsummer, Black Panther, Upgrade, Smoke, Halloween, and Last Jedi. And it is positioning... Right between Halloween and Last Jedi. So it's below Halloween and above Last Jedi. How do you feel about the fact that a John Carpenter original is actually below a John Carpenter remake, boys? I think it's terrible, but I'll, I'll agree with it. It's terrible, but you'll agree with it, eh? Yeah. Just like they live. I'll be, I'll be one of the people with my eyes closed. Well, yes. <laughs> keep it topical. Yes, keep it topical. <laughs> But there's there's one thing we got to do before we um, round off this podcast. We got to we got to say who we'd be in this film. <laughs> oh shit! There's only two people in this film. Um, as always, Ben would be Roddy because he's got to be the main character. No, I don't want to be Roddy. <laughs> I want to be Keith. <laughs> Sometimes you got to take it, Ben. Sometimes you got to take it. I'm not that meatbag. I can't be him. I I would say because we pick Adams every time. I'd say Adam is the the man who is sitting in front of the TV who just gave up and. Yes, and converted. I was like, "Come on, boys, <laughs> we gotta be them too. We gotta be Keith and Roddy, mate." <laughs> yes, you'd be Roddy. Please be Roddy. And Adam's there, like, "Come on, guys," <laughs> and just disappears with a twist of his watch. Little yes. bitch. <laughs> they never got him. They never got uh, him after that. You realise that? No. Yeah, he escaped. That little fuck. <laughs> Adam, you fuck. Just up. like Adam, <laughs> slimy little Adam. I'm not a little. F- I'm not a little fuck. You would be the first to turn, Adam, and no mistake. You'd be yes. like, oh, it's not so bad. you just got to go with it, boys. you just got to go with it. <laughs> just like with coronavirus. Uh, it, it's not really going to get us. Oh, I just, I just want to go back to it. Path of least <laughs> resistance, this guy. Got no patience. We love None. you, Adam. It's why we treat it's you modern so. youth. Paul is Roddy Piper, and I'm, I'm Keith Ro- David. I'll be Roddy. I'll be the meat bag. Yes. The funny thing is, Ben's got more of the charisma of Rodney. Rodney? <laughs> is it only fools and horses? <laughs> <laughs> Just hasn't got the height. Oh, well, that's beautiful. very nice. We've got two more things to do, haven't we? We have to speak about what uh, our lovely uh, listeners have said. What did our lovely listeners say then? Okay, so firstly, I've got Jamie Russell, and he said, I enjoyed my rewatch of this, and I'm a major Carpenter fan. It has dated badly, but I love how it's basically the Matrix for the analog era. You said Matrix it, Adam. You said the Matrix. Era. Yeah. Mm. That's yes. true. Um, I've got one here from Batman Surfs. Cool, that's a cool name. Um, I really enjoyed it. Admittedly, I haven't seen it in a while, and it's one of those I fear to go back to in case it's not as good as my memory of it. Um, yeah, I think it might be one of those films that sits better in your memory than... Nope, I watched it again, and I was just as happy. I feel like... The, I, I don't know. I reckon 
the highlights of it are probably what stick with you. But Paul rewatched it, so what do I know? Does Batman ever actually surf? Um, only only Adam West. Right. He always yes. surfs. <laughs> yes. Jabba 2000 said, The film still holds up very well. It has it all. Comedy, action and thrills, though not enough comedy for me, I'll have you know. Such ahead of its time in terms of the aspect of the government is watching you, or subliminal advertising. Epic fight scene between Piper and Keith David. Well, there you go. We'll have to agree to disagree. Keyword I think that's Paul wrote that one. Yes, yes. Paul wrote them all. He's all of them. Definitely Batman serves. (laughs) Damn it. You got me. I thought that was I thought that was like you wouldn't ever guess that Batman serves. I'm not a Batman fan. Thank you for all your puny comments. Uh, we take them on board. We love them very much. Always always keep telling us your, your thoughts. We love them really. They're not that puny. So before Adam picks the next film which we are going to be uh, recording very soon, I want to tell you all about our next episode, which is coming up, and it is going to be very, very special because it is our first ever Film Busters collaboration. It is, yes. And we're going halfway around the world for this one to our amazing friends for your reference podcast. That is right. We have Katie and Otie both appearing on the next Film Busters episode. And we're going to be talking about the Big Lebowski sequel, unofficial sequel, The Jesus Roll. So you excited for that, Adam? I am excited. I rewatched Big Lebowski, not last week, it might have been the weekend before. Ooh. And yeah, he's an interesting character. So It's kind of interesting that they decided to make a sequel based on the paedophile, right? Of all the characters. Yeah, he, yeah is he, he's never confirmed to be a paedophile though, is he? Yeah, it is. I'm sure that in the film, yeah. Cause I like, swear it's just John Goldman. John Goodman just claims he's a paedophile. Yeah, but then he's like, no, I'm serious. He's a pederast, man. He had to go from house to house yeah, telling people who he was. He says a lot of shit in that film. I think it is probably. Well, we'll find out in Jesus Rolls, baby. Yeah, exactly. In the interesting of his little rings and his painted nails and his. Yes. I, I think he's a paedophile. I'm pretty sure oh, he yeah. is. I mean, he gives off the aura of being a nonce, so. I mean, we can um, discuss this in the, the podcast. I think that will be a good, interesting discussion point that their choice to make the paedophile character the lead in the spin-off film is kind of a bold <laughs> one. I think make. it's probably yeah. more to the person who directed it played the character. So, But I love that guy. He's brilliant. Anyway, but we yeah. talk about that with our very lovely friends next episode. Can't but, wait for that. But there's one more thing Same. we can't wait for. Adam, keep us in you the suspense. The film? No longer. Okay. Put us out of misery. So, so this film, um, I watched the first time I ever watched this film was on my birthday. I Which going birthday? To cinema on my birthday to watch it. Oh shit! How, how old were you? I I didn't know what to go to see in the cinema, so I said to Ben and Paul, "What should I go see?" And this time, Ben mm. was talking. He was doing, reviewing a load of films, so he saw everything, and he said to go see this film in the cinema. I think I picked about three films, and it is a film that I think is brilliant, and it's also a film I I picked it because I enjoy discussing it because. Uh, people could take this whole film in different ways, especially the ending of this film. I have no idea uh, what this is going to be. Very metaphorically, there's loads of... There's, I don't know. Your interpretation of the film could be taken differently depending how you view it. It's an interesting one to discuss with people. Anyone guess it? No, I'm baffled. Have I seen it? Yes. Mm. It's two stories being told throughout the film, but they hit... They what birthday was it? What birthday was it? Oh, shit. It came out in 2016, so that would have been probably my 20, 22, maybe. 2016, a two storylines story converging. Yes. And it was in, went in the Let me tell you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell no, you. No, no, give one more time. clue, one more clue, one more clue. Um, it's got one of the weirdest openings to a film you'll ever see in your life. Oh, shit, Nocturnal Animals. Yes. Oh, oh shit. That's Ooh, a good one. That is a very good yeah. one. It's well a film done. I just love discussing, and I feel like there's a lot we could discuss with this Oh, film. mate, do you yes. know what? I haven't seen that since the cinema. I can't wait to watch that again. All right. Good it's shout. A fantastic film. Michael Shannon at his best. I'm good chill. Lord. Okay. That's going to be a bleak one to talk about. <laughs> so it means it will be That's, one of our funniest. It'll be yet. comedy. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Okay, good boy. All right, that'll do nice. Beautiful one. choice. like it. Right, shall I wrap this shit up? Let's yeah. wrap this shit right up. Right, everybody. You can get in touch with us at Filmbusters Pod on Instagram and Twitter. 
You can also go to our website, www.filmbusterspod.co.uk. All the episodes are on there and some beautiful reviews that we do and our lovely in-house critics who are doing all the work right now. We give a big thanks to you. And you can also get to our personal accounts. I'm at Filmbusters Paul. I'm at Filmbusters Adam. And I'm at Filmbusters Keith David. Is that the, Well, you look at the screen and thought, what can I fucking say? I, no, I just lost it right at the last minute and I thought, shit, who can I say? <laughs> Keith David. Well, Roddy Piper, his name isn't even mentioned in the film and it's nada. Yeah, as nada. In nothing. Because it's nothing, yeah. Pathetic grunt. What is he? <laughs> He's a meat it's bag. A meat Thank you, that's three for <laughs> you. At Filmbusters Meatbag. Yes, I was going to say that. Bag. Oh, man, that was a missed opportunity. Missed the well, opportunity. No. Paul, you should have said it, actually. You should I never. T- I always say my name. I'm the sensible one. Can you change your Twitter username to that now with no explanation? Never. Filmbusters.